Welcome to the Data Leaders of the North podcast, brought to you by Lawrence Harvey and hosted by me, Kyle Winterbottom. After an overwhelming response to our Data Leaders of the North events, we are delighted to bring you this podcast to allow a wider audience to access the insights that this community shares with each other. Like our events, this podcast has been created for data enthusiasts to listen to some of the most high-profile data leaders across the north of the UK on some of the most trending topics within the industry. We're normally on a round table with a bottle of wine during these chats, so grab a chair and a glass and enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Data Leaders of the North podcast. Today I'm joined by James Waterhouse, who is the Head of Data and Business Intelligence at Sky Betting and Gaming. So James, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Carl. No problem. Um, so where we always start with this type of stuff, James, obviously keen um, and excited to get into the topic, but um, why don't you just give us a bit of a overview on, I guess, your background and, and journey to date and kind of how you got into the industry? Yeah, sure, no problem. Um, so I, I did maths and physics at uni without really knowing what I wanted to do with it. I think that's pretty common these days, isn't it? People go to university. Um, started off being sort of big into the physics side of things um, and then sort of by the time I finished my degree I was majoring in maths and more focused on on maths and stats um, and then I left uh, uni had a, had a bit of time to myself sort of did a bit of, bit of uh, say bumming around jobs <laughs> <laughs> in the meantime and then um, a mate of mine was working at Skybet um, and uh, in the in the analytics team at the time, uh, which was very small at the time. And I, uh, so I just sort of uh, stumbled upon that and got a sort of temporary job at Skybet. Um, and I've been there ever since, to be honest. I'm kind of a bit of a one company man. Um, yeah, other than that, the, you know, a few few sort of short term jobs prior to that. Um, now, the guy that I did know from uni was uh, Steve Birch, who's now one of the, he's one of the MDs at Skybet. Um, so he's been there and stuck there similar length of time with very different routes, I guess, um, the business. But I've kind of just stuck stuck with the insight side of things, analytics. And then I think probably around three or four years ago, I set up the data science team within Skybet. So we, prior to that, we didn't have a data science team. So I, I set that up, got that running, up and running. Um, and then I've moved more, I guess, because of that, I had more of an interest in data and data strategy and, and uh, technology. So sort of became uh, the head of data product, um, which I guess encompasses data science, but then more than more than that. Um, and more recently, I've, I've also taken on the analytics team again. Um, so that's kind of where I've where I've got to. OK, interesting. So you're probably um, one of um, well, as far as the data leaders of the North community go, um, a lot of them seem to have come into that kind of leadership head of or director of data and analytics type role through through some other avenue, you know, often like maybe finance or or, or marketing or something like that. But you're, you're one of the, the, the kind of hardcore data people that have, you know, went to uni and did it and then, you know, worked, yeah. your, worked your way up, which is which is really cool. I guess I've always, I've always stuck within within that sort of uh, scope of work, but then again, I didn't really do much sort of real data stuff at university. I don't suppose. Yeah. I mean, 
I remember for like the first day that I, I started at, at Skybet, I'd no real idea about about gambling. Um, I had no no real idea about data specifically. You know, I knew yep. I, I knew sort of maths and stats, but I had no sort of SQL skills or anything like that. Um, and I guess my boss at the time, who um, I don't know if you know or not, but Wayne Field, who's now at ASDA, um, mm-hmm. he was previously yep. at Hills, who's you know head of head of decision science there. Um, he was kind of my my manager and mentor, I guess, for those first few years, and pretty much learned. All the technical stuff I know from him, um, so I've got sort of fair, fair uh, lot of respect for Wayne. Yeah. Um, but I remember, yeah, first few few weeks, I was just thinking, "Geez, I don't know anything about this, really." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then, while you get into it, uh, yeah, you, you figure it out. Don't you? Yeah, absolutely, and, and I'm sure we'll kind of touch on that in a little bit as we talk about obviously how to build data science teams to to kind of impact on, on business success and and maybe some of the misconceptions of what you have coming out of university into into the commercial world but i guess be before we do that then just take us back so how long have you been at sky now and i guess how has it changed from you know i know that your roles obviously evolved over time and you've done different type of things within different teams but in terms of the just the sheer size of the data capability and function you know since when you joined um, yeah. um how, how's so, that how's that changed so when i i guess when i first joined so I, I, a little bit of background on the company is probably useful um so we the, the sort of skybet story started back in sort of 2001 um uh, when when sky i.e the broadcaster um acquired a, a various different um I guess websites so there's like Sport Internet Group, 365 Media Group, uh, and a bunch of bunch of sort of a bunch of those, and they they then they sort of formed that into what has uh, subsequently become Skybet. Um, so they were originally based in Harrogate, um, and then in 2008 they sort of restructured, rebranded uh, to Skybet, and had a new LT and moved to moved to Leeds. Um, so that's kind of just after that's when I joined. Um, so yeah, I joined in Leeds. Although we still have um, we still have people that were, were there in the old days of the Harrogate days. Um, yeah. We I was part of the the BI team was probably four people I think at the time, um, mm-hmm. and that was serving the whole business, doing doing analytics for the whole business. We had a, 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 a the ground floor at Wellington Place where we are now, um, and then I guess the growth since then has just been been phenomenal. Really, we. We've now got a couple of buildings um, down there on the Wellington Place complex in Leeds. Um, we're we're set to move into a, a, a new purpose-built one. Um, we've got offices down in Sheffield, a uh, bit of a presence down in London, stuff like that. Um, so yeah, it's kind of it's grown massively, and and I guess changed a lot. I guess the early days it was all a little bit of a cottage industry. I guess um, <laughs> we were kind of doing a bit a bit of everything. I remember yeah. the days of sort of running. Running a newsletter, I say in inverted commas, which was like uh, based on a big access database that that used to sort of get kicked off at eight o'clock on a Friday morning, and you know we'd still be there at lunchtime waiting for this uh, these queries to run. Yeah. Um, so I guess where we are now, which is uh, a pretty pretty big um, pretty big organisation, I think we've got fifteen fifteen hundred or so employees under Skybet. Um, obviously recently we were merged with and formed part of the Flutter Group. So that you know the Flutter Group's bigger than that. But um yeah, there's fifteen hundred employees within Skybet. Um with regards to I guess the data data science BI teams, um we've probably got about fifty 
people across BI, which includes data science, analytics, research. Um, and we've got a similar amount of people uh, in the data tribe, which is more of the sort of data engineering warehousing side of things. So yeah, yeah pretty big team, pretty big team. Absolutely. Okay. So that's, I mean, that is, that is some growth, isn't it? Over what is a, you know, a relative amount of time, I, I guess, but to have a hundred or so people, you know, that make up that data capability, that's, that's definitely, you know, probably one of the largest um, that we have up here in the North in terms yeah. of, you know, sheer size of, of capability of, of that kind of data and analytics uh, team. So, okay, cool. So I guess wh where are you guys at now? I know you can't go into too much detail, but I guess it'd be good for the listener to understand a bit about the types of, you know, problems that you're solving and the, the you know, what you guys are trying to do to drive business forward in terms of, you know, the, the industry that you're in. Yeah, I guess I'll I'll speak I guess more specifically about the data science team. Um, but we essentially support I guess all areas of decision making around the business, um, and that's 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 our our mission as a BI function, not just data science. But you know we want to want to help the SPG to make the right decisions, um, and that's what we're all about. Um, with regards to data science in particular, uh, we work I guess with all areas of the business. Um, be it from you know identifying uh, potential problem play fraud risk related work uh, we've got the sort of more customer centric stuff so you know making recommendations um, propensities to to do things next best action type um, type work modeling and then we also dabbling i guess trying to encourage a, a bit more of a, a statistical approach right across the business so in particular with th things like a b testing experimentation and the, the methods that are used to assess whether things have worked and stuff like that so when it comes to to getting into some of the stats we we play a role there um in terms of i i guess what we don't do and what people often think we would do we don't um create the pricing models so we have a, there's a separate team uh, of quants that are responsible for the pricing side of things but pretty much anything else where you know you want statistical analysis machine learning modeling um we'll have a go at it basically yeah okay okay fair enough great so obviously understand a bit about you and your journey now and what you guys are doing and, and how that's grown and evolved i guess to, to take it back a, a little bit, um, and I've had this, you know, similar conversation with some other guests that we've had on the podcast, but I guess data science has, has theoretically been around for, for many years, you know, maybe just called or labeled something else, but where do you feel that the, the recent hype around data science has come from, you know, over the last five years or so? Because I imagine a business like, Skybet with your role that's you know grown from you know joining a, a BI team of four people to now what is a you know company-wide capability of almost a hundred um has certainly gone through that transition of kind of you know seeing that hype and and kind of implementing part of that hype I guess so um wh where do you think that's that's kind of come from um I think probably a, it's a bit of a culmination of things I'd, I'd call out I guess technology and advancing technology as as playing a big big part in that you know the sort of creation of a dupe and then more laterally the sort of moving to cloud platforms that make it make it economical and practical to store vast amounts of data that previously you maybe just won't won't be able to do or it won't be won't be you know economical to do um but then i guess the, so the, there was a big there was a big push towards that wasn't there and you know people are sort of 
they're storing loads of data wherever wherever they can get hold of it and storing it but then then i guess people the exec will be asking well what are we actually doing with it and how are we what how will we return what's the return investment for that spend on the on the on that kit i guess so i think there's probably then this drive towards actually trying to make some deliver some value from from the data um and i guess if you're going to do that then you need someone to be able to to, to model it to interpret it um, and to do relatively advanced things with that data um yeah so i guess that's that's one thing so the technology um enablement coupled with the need to drive value from assets like data um and then i guess maybe i'd call out the like the success i guess the obvious one but like the su success of the big firms like facebook spotify twitter google mm. you know they're, they're all making really good use of data doing machine learning doing ai um and i think companies have seen that seen that success and want to emulate it really so um i guess that'd be the second thing um and I, I, depending on what what industry you operate in I guess it becomes harder and harder to to differentiate and to to grow doesn't it so you know you get to a point where i think our industry in particular is kind of there's been organic growth in the industry and in interest in gambling over over years that we've been able to to capitalize on but um that's not going to continue forever in growth's not going to come from the same places and if you want to continue to grow you've got to get smarter if you want to get smarter, then you need data to be involved, I guess. So, I, I, yeah. so those three things really are, are, are where I see the hype coming from. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's been it's been interesting sat on this side of the fence to, to see how different organisations across different industries have, have approached that, um, you know, that, that very topic really because, um, yeah, you know, even now you get businesses, you know, kind of like yours that are 100 people, deep and you know it becomes the lifeblood of the business and it's you know valued very much as a as an asset that drives decisions whereas you know other businesses and other sectors might be a little bit um further behind you know on, on yeah. that so it's it's interesting to see but it's irrespective of industry sector uh, size of company you know is that's the way we've we're going um and for most people i've gone so with that then obviously setting up data science teams um what are the what are the kind of the key considerations as far as you're concerned having been through that process of starting a data science team from from scratch yeah uh so i get yeah we we made quite a few mistakes along the way i guess to start with um, <laughs> you were, they always say you learn from new mistakes don't you but i don't suppose there's a real blueprint or there wasn't i i certainly didn't think there was at the time when we first set out so mm -hmm. um I guess one thing we realized was that or I realized is that you really need to get get the right skills mix in within the team. So back in the early days at Skybet, we we brought in a couple of data scientists and we were sort of we were doing some interesting stuff and building building out models and using the data. Um, but then we were we were throwing those models over the fence to an engineering team who really didn't know that that much about machine learning or engineering uh, machine learning models at scale and automation of those models and that sort of thing. So I guess as with anything with data, like at small on small scales, it's easy to do very complicated things and do exciting things, you know, on your, on your laptop. But how do you, how do you make that work at scale? How do you automate it? How do you get the, the integrations into the systems and um, that, that need it? And how do you keep track of, those models and and you know 
knowing when you need to retrain and rebuild and that sort of thing. So we made a real step forward when we brought engineering resource into that team um, and also test resource. We gave the team some autonomy and we sort of we, we, we created a, an environment where we had a mix, mix of the skills that we needed instead of going out and looking for the whole, you know, data science unicorn that can do a bit of everything. Um, so I think, yeah, that would be, that's probably the, one of the, one of the key things to get right. Um, I touched on autonomy there a little bit. So I think you've got to be able to, um, you've got to enable a team to see where the opportunities are, see where the problems are and to give them the autonomy to kind of, to work in those areas and spaces and to, to, to try things and to fail if, if need be. Um, because to start with, I think there's there's usually not a very good understanding from the outside of you know the sort of data data teams of what data science can do. So I think it needs to be you almost need to lead as a team as opposed to be told what to do. I don't, uh, no one's going to tell you what data science to do in, in the early days um, because there's a gap in terms of knowledge and understanding. So giving the team the autonomy to be able to to, to go out and try things and, and decide what they build and, and and to work with the business is really, really key, I guess. Um, and then probably I'd call out, I guess, the like early engagement with the stakeholders in the business on on what you're trying to do, um, which you, I guess it sounds, the word education sounds a little bit condescending sometimes, you know, we, you, people are smart in there within their domains, but you've really got to put the effort in to educate people on on the art of the possible and what data science can can bring and, and what it can do and get them thinking about, you know, that and the applications of data science. Because I think that there's that sweet spot when you've got a, someone with a real, you know, good domain knowledge and knowledge of the problems and the, and the challenges that, that a business might face, but then also an understanding of some of the some of the techniques and tools that you can you can bring in from a data science perspective to to help uh, solve those problems and and capitalize on those you know opportunities so that sort of early engagement lots of talking collaboration and and making sure that people are aware of the out of the possible it don't mean they need to know how to build a build a model or you know do data science they just need to have a rough idea of the types of data science and the things that you can do with it i guess yeah yeah absolutely a few things in there that, that kind of fascinate me and are really interesting so like when we when we host our events and we have conversations around data science teams and structures and you know just general problems that businesses face and and, and often kind of what I find us drifting to when we talk about this type of stuff is is exactly what you just said there about the the whole education piece and, and as you rightly said you know yeah it can be condescending because it, it it sounds like you know something that that it's not basically but obviously you have people that uh, have been in the business a long time they they know the challenges and the opportunities that that business face better than anyone but what they don't know a lot about is data science or what's possible so how yeah. how did you guys go about doing that then because i think a lot of businesses understand that there's a gap to be bridged um there but in terms of going out and doing that and, and kind of executing it is often a totally different ball game so how did you actually go about facilitating those type of conversations to be able to you know kind of meet somewhere in the middle so to speak 
Yeah, um, in the early days, we we spent a fair bit of time on on um, running sort of road, I guess road shows for want of a want of a better word. Um, okay. I used to use. There's a really good. Uh, the, the, there was a good documentary at the time that that I think it was a BBC one actually, um, and I I don't know if people will have seen it, but there are, there are a couple of really good ex- examples of people thinking outside the box and using data and machine learning techniques to, 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 to solve a problem. And the one that jumps out, I, I seem to remember was, um, there's a, there's an academic who'd looked at, he was studying, um, earthquakes and the way that, you know, you get tremors after an earthquake and mm-hmm. there are sort of statistical models that can predict where those tremors will occur, aftershocks will occur. Um, and he took that thinking and then applied it to crime in i think it was la or somewhere like that um and it was one of the sort of i know you, there's been a fair bit in the in the media about like predicting crime um you know over the last few years but he was one of the sort of front runners doing doing that but he basically used this technique that and this model that was designed for like predicting where the aftershocks would be from an earthquake and i just I found that fascinating and that ability to kind of join the dots and i guess that's what I'm, i was alluding to before about seeing an opportunity or a problem and then seeing a technique that might be used being used in a completely different uh, context and then thinking oh actually let's bridge that gap and you know so we 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 did these road shows we went around we, we actually played this video and, uh, or sections of this video to get people sort of thinking about hmm. you know it's not about we don't want you to be we don't want you to be the one that's doing the smarts you know we don't want you to be the scientist necessarily we want you to have the thinking that goes, you know, oh, actually, I could use that model to solve this problem, or, or those guys might be able to build me a model to solve this problem. Yeah. So trying to sort of nurture nurture that a little bit. Um, I think we, yeah, within that session, we also tried to sort of break break down a bit of that sort of wall in terms of, you know, it can be quite, I guess, intimidating sometimes for people that maybe don't have a sort of technical background. Um, yeah. And they think they feel a little bit intimidated, I guess, by some of the you know data science and AI and machine learning and those sort of terms. Yep. Um, but to make sure that they 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 know that we're we're just a bunch of normal people that what you know want to help them, um, and then make sure that you give them enough time to talk through their their um, you know the challenges and the problems they've got and try and brainstorm some ideas. Um, another thing we did in the early days, we we put a lot of focus on. On keeping up to date with business updates and you know people's sort of five fifteens and stuff like that, and we're quite proactive in getting you know replying to some of those and saying to individuals and saying oh you know I've, I noticed that you said you might have an issue in uh, in this area, I think we might be able to do something with this type of model or with this type of analysis. So really try and be proactive uh, in a collaborative way and getting getting buying like that you know and building those relationships. Absolutely, that's I mean that's that's really kind of fascinating because again when when we host our our events and we're kind of sat around the table having conversations there's some there's some huge organizations across the north and you know on the face of it you'd expect these businesses to be at the absolute bleeding edge from a data science standpoint yet you've got you know the head of data or the head of data science or whatever the case may be sat in that room sharing with effectively industry peers that actually they they kind of having trouble getting the buy-in and, and having work to do you know what i mean um in terms of 
there's that barrier there and almost as you said if if it's a case of you're just sat waiting for the work to come to you especially in the earlier days when it's a relatively unproven or unknown quantity then that's very unlikely to happen so the fact that you guys were able to you know start to pinpoint opportunities from a from a purely business standpoint in terms of actually we could have something here that could help you do that is is kind of really fascinating and probably a, a huge part of your of your success and then equally on the other side that you mentioned earlier about the the skills mix you know there's so many businesses where they fall into one or two camps typically in 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 my opinion and they're a business that they segregate their teams to the point where the process of working on any given problem becomes so distorted it's almost impossible for it to have any kind of rhythm really you know so there's certain businesses out there that they just have a data engineering team that's separate from a research team that's separate from a machine learning team that's separate from a data science team and you know they're trying to work on one problem together but the work's done here and then passed to a different team and it's kind of a bit all over the place or as you said that whole unicorn piece you know they want to hire one person a data scientist who can do everything um and obviously you know that's that's comes with its same you know equal amount of challenges um if if not more maybe so obviously getting the right skills mix plus you know allowing though that team to be you know autonomous and proactive in trying to go and help the business solve problems obviously sounds like you guys got got it right uh eventually um in, in the longer term so in terms of that skills mix then because this is something that comes up on the podcast quite a lot in terms of you know a data science team shouldn't necessarily just be a team of data scientists there's more to it and obviously the data engineer is always in close you know proximity but was there anything else as part of those teams in terms of how you set them up or other type of, of skill sets uh, I guess there's that there's the there's the domain knowledge bit, you know, and having someone in the team that's maybe a little bit more commercial in mindset, and he's he's yeah. more of the a, a sort of outreach person, I guess. Uh, and I guess that's it's the role I used to play to some extent when I was when I was head of data sciences. I I'd be out uh, getting out and about, talking to to stakeholders and colleagues about you know where what the sorts of things we could do and the ways we can help them. Right. Um, so I guess that's really important having. Having, if it's not the data scientists that do it, and I, I would always encourage um, data scientists and engineers, for that matter, to be to be meeting and talking face to face with the stakeholders. I, I, I don't like the idea of uh, you know they sort of a, a data scientist with the headphones on in a corner just not not talking to anyone. Um, but when you start to scale, I guess having people that are able to to bridge to be the bridge between the the, the commercial business and the, and the team's really useful. Um, we've been part of the data engineering function has been really useful for us. We've uh, learned a lot from, from our, our colleagues there. Um, and, you know, so things like, um, like triage and road mapping and making use of uh, things like JIRA and the tools that are available for, for engineering teams. Um, yeah is always very useful um so we've brought a, we've got a product owner now within the data science team who works um with them on a daily daily basis i guess eventually if you were to scale you might start looking at sort of delivery type roles adl type roles and things like that um but i think data science is probably slightly different to data engineering in that 
you tend to have like BAs, uh, business business and analysts in in um, data delivery type squads. Whereas yeah. I think the data scientist plays a dual role there and does that analysis up front in terms of figuring out what like what what is the problem space and what we're trying to solve for. Um, yeah, yeah, but yeah, I, I, it, it's got to evolve. I think I, ultimately that's the point, right? You've you've got to continuous continuously look at how at your ways of working where they sort of where you're going slower than you should be what's working what's not and you know if you need to bring more resource in or you need to change change things around you've got to be prepared to do that i think yeah um be too set you know um i think the the bit you talked about before is really interesting the because i guess the last thing you want to do is to create a, an, an ivory tower within a data you know you don't want a, a data science team that's an ivory tower and um I'd extend this out to, to business in general. One, one area that I know we struggle on as a business is, so we, we've got a, a tribe uh, set up, you know, the whole, we, we've got the, the Spotify, I think it is, tribe model. Um, and the tribes are, are predominantly centered around the, the P&L. So we've got a bet tribe and a gain and tribe. Um, and the, the, the points we always fall down at are the, are the handoffs between, between, the, between the tribes, you know. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily the expertise within a, you know vertically it's that handoff between and i always use the analogy of like a, you know a four by 100 relay um and if you're not careful you can spend all your time focusing on the individual sprinters within that team and how fast they are and you know how how, how athletic they are and how good they are at, uh, up from the blocks and stuff like that but the bit that always lets you down is that passing of the baton it's, it's that 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 transition between teams and you i guess if you zoom in on the data science team it's that transition between data science and the engineering team and that handoff. If you don't get that right, you know, you, you're not going to really succeed. But then more generally, the handoff between the data science function and the rest of the business uh, in order to actually realise value from whatever you're building out. You, you've got to get those ways of working right, um, first and foremost, because you, could, you can be the smartest data science team in the world, you can have the smartest data scientists. It's all pretty academic if you're not going to, you know, drive yeah. value from it. You're not going to make use of it to, to do yeah. to do good and to drive the business forward. So, I think uh, it's something that I'm I'm trying to focus on a lot at the moment. That handoff, you know, and how do you perfect the the handoffs where ne- where the handoffs are necessary? Obviously, you try and remove as many handoffs as possible through autonomy and mixing the skill set in the team. But where you do have to hand off between teams, how do you how do you make that as slick as possible? Yeah. Okay. With that in mind, then, and I appreciate you might not be able to give too much kind of intricate detail, but what have been the steps in terms of the process of you allowing to become better at that? Because obviously you identified that as a problematic area for you where you've had some challenges. What 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 have you kind of put in place to to kind of you know navigate out the other side of that more effectively? Um, it's something I I, I feel we're still we're still trying to battle with, to be honest, as a, as a business, not just as a team. I think increasing awareness of what other teams' priorities and roadmaps are is really important. So we, for example, um, more recently with the BI team and the data engineering teams, we've just been getting them together more often. You know, and the, you, you, the BI team will be saying, ah, we have, we've got a real issue with not being able to schedule something or we find this a problem or, you know, this, this dashboard doesn't work when you try and do X, Y, and Z. Um, and just the fact that they're talking about that means that 
the data data team are aware of some of those issues and and at least can be thinking about how they can solve that but also then it gives the the data team the opportunity to say well yeah we know that dashboard is not great but the reason that we can't improve it is because of x y and z and then you get that like that mutual understanding of the challenges but then also the problems and opportunities you know um and so that's i guess more within that still within that data space but more generally uh, yeah it's kind of it's trying to just make people communicate more and make sure that there's a shared awareness of like the, the overall business strategy and the direction of travel um in order that you know people are thinking about thinking in the right in the right way um, but it's not an easy one to do you know and I, I think for teams like for teams like data and data science where you're almost like a shared it's sort of a shared service um it's very difficult sometimes in a in a, in a in businesses that are very much like our, our business is very much geared behind the the P&Ls um, and things all work like clockwork there um, but then when you try and try and do something across the pit it's like uh, it's like trying to run across the motorway that's one thing <laughs> I've, uh, I've, I've used in the past yeah absolutely interesting so obviously there you're talking about like you know just having more open lines of communication so as the baton is passed as, as you put it you know people are understand more understanding of the of the situation and the context um which is which is interesting because i've had i've had people on the the podcast before and i guess i'd be really keen to get your opinion on this james like what seems to happen a lot of is that you know, a project lands on someone's desk and whether that's the data science team or a data engineering team or whatever the case may be. And often it's, you know, for these guys and girls, it can be it can be just another piece of work that needs to get done. And, you know, they almost might, you might as well be on a bit of a production line type, you know, with the amount of work that these guys and girls are, are kind of got to do and, and, and things like that. So is there where some of the challenges come from? what I've heard from other people is that, you know, having context around what you mentioned there about the business strategy, you know, the, the why behind we're doing this, not from a data science perspective, but from a business perspective, has that allowed, you know, is that happened in, in your environment and has that been, you know, allowed for more success, if that makes sense? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and again, that's something you've got to continue to work on um, because it is quite easy to to sort of compartmentalise the work, isn't it? And you know, the, certainly within data, within the sort of data delivery squads where we're talking about, you know, just sort of landing and processing data, a lot of the time it's quite easy just to be churning through tickets and to not really ever get any feedback on what that what that data is used for mm-hmm. or the benefits that that's that's brought. Um, and also sometimes, I guess, because you you play a part in the delivery of something end to end, but you're not the one that's at the end of it. You know, you're not the you're not the marketing team that's just launched the brilliant cam target, brilliantly targeted campaign. You're, you're you're the one that provided the targeting and the data for it. Um, there's a danger that sometimes the this, the likes of data and data science analytics don't get the the sort of the pat on the back that they maybe deserve. So. Mm-hmm. I think one thing that's very important to do is to make sure that you continue to follow up on, you know, what's been what's been delivered, making use of the data, what you know, what decisions were changed based on the analytics. How has this model helped in a you know in a, the bigger picture, whether you know, Absolutely. and that yeah. sort of thing, and, and yeah. um, 
you've just got to keep you've got to keep doing that and keep tabs on it. It's one thing that I guess from a BI hat on, um, we like I said before, we we our sort of mission is almost our mission statement is to to help the business make the right decisions, to help SPG make the right decisions. Um, but how do you quantify that? How do you how do you know that you're doing a better job of helping a business make better decisions? Yeah. Uh, because it's something you can't quite quantify, isn't it? Mm. Um, yeah. And that's something we've talked about as a as a leadership team. You know, is it a, the case that you you schedule follow ups? You know, so you finish a piece of analytics and you schedule a follow up in a couple of weeks' time with whoever the stakeholder was, and you you ask them about it. But it feels very sort of manual and sort of quite hard that and i don't still i still don't think you get to the answer but um yeah it's one thing that if anyone's got anyone out there's got any ideas of how you, <laughs> how you do that how do you quantify improving the decision making of a business um, yeah. yeah it's it, it's a really interesting point because um a lot of the time obviously in terms of what we do um you know i think now so much emphasis from a candidate's perspective you know when businesses are out there hiring data scientists like yes you know all of the all of the tangible things like salary and benefits and you know the the sector and the location and all that type of stuff that that's important to a certain extent but we've seen such a shift over the last kind of 18 months or so where candidates are kind of saying one of the big drivers for me is to go to an organization where I can see the value that I've added, you know, where the work I've been doing day to day, there's some kind of outcome from that that's visible to me and my team because, yeah. you know, in a lot of organizations and, and as you said, it's so hard to, to monitor, not just the impact, but even the process, how do you do that? How do you do that without it becoming so forced? It's uncomfortable, you know what I mean? To, to put something yeah. in there to, to allow that to happen. But, that's what these people kind of are now looking for in terms of, you know, I, I just want an environment where I can go and do a piece of work, but but know what happened with it. You know, was there, did it work? Did it not? Was it was it good? Could it have been better? Was it the best it could be? You know, and all that type of stuff. So, so that's really interesting. And I think a lot of all of this kind of gets tied together in some way, shape or form by communication. Something that's kind of hotly contested and, um, We've actually been recruiting for, for for some of these types of titles recently, which has become a, a very recent thing, really. There's been a lot of talk about this, you know, data translation, um, which is obviously, you know, back to the data storytelling piece and these teams' ability to, to tell the story, which, you know, has some kind of link back to the business that we were discussing about earlier. What... What, what's your what's your take on that in terms of the importance of the the data storytelling and and should that be something as a data science team that that you nail down effectively from you know as a data scientist to be able to communicate and tell that story or or is there a place for a separate skill set that sits between the two effectively as a communicator between yeah I think so my opinion on that is that you, it's got to be a development point for your data scientist and yeah. your your analysts. I think that I've, uh, if you have been very critical with regards to like tech and engineering um, roles, you know, you might say that the, 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 um, I don't know, you bring an ADL in because data engineers are not very organized. Yeah. And you're kind of letting them off with being unorganized because you'll get someone in to do it 
um, and you bring a BA in because, um, you know, data engineers don't want to go and speak to people, um, which is very cynical and kind of not what, what I think. But instead of trying to plug gaps with people, I, I, I do think you need to kind of encourage development in those areas, you know, and, and in general, away from work, if you if you might be the smartest person in the world, but if you're not able to articulate that clearly in a way that is appropriate for whoever you're speaking to, then you you won't be understood, will you? That's the whole the whole yeah. art of communication, I guess. So yeah, I, I I do think it's uh, it, it's it, every individual's it's on them to to really focus on that and making sure that they're clear and can, can communicate in a way that's that's useful. You know, not everyone's not everyone's brilliant at that, and and you wouldn't expect everyone to be brilliant at that. But um, I don't necessarily agree with sort of completely accepting that you know, oh, this group of people are not good at that, so we'll get someone in to do it. I don't think that's the right way to go about it. Yeah. And you're also adding a, a layer in there then that, you know, could become a bit of a case of Chinese whispers sometimes, yeah. I guess. You yeah, know, you're, it's adding kind another, of... you're adding another sprinter to the... Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, to more chance to drop the bat on, right? <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. Um, so I guess with, with all of that then, trying to bring all this and, and tie it all together... I guess throughout kind of your journey of building that data science team and you know where you got to all of the gain the right skills mix allowing them to be proactive and go and try and help the business and and you know you being a pivotal point in going effectively sounds like you were going to try to sell you know the data science team services to a certain extent um the big question is always about how do you you know demonstrate the the return of what you guys do and, and i think there's so many businesses now that you know they jump on this data science hype because they kind of feel obliged to like they should do the competitors are doing it and, and they do so and invest a lot of money in a team with without a great deal of parameter around why they're doing and what they're looking to achieve and, and therefore you know when you're in that camp trying to pinpoint or define you know a tangible number is almost impossible um, and we've had people on the podcast who have explained how they do it and, and things like that. But in terms of what you created from a data science perspective at, at SBG, how, how did you go about trying to, to kind of do that from a, you know, ROI, tangible, this is what we, you know, have been able to do? Um, or or was, was that never really an issue for you? It always comes up, I think. You know, if you, uh, you've got to remember that you, you're paying you're paying a lot of money for a group of people to come to work every day and um, businesses are, are set up around commercial objectives. If you pay money for something, you want to know what mm -hmm. you're getting in return, don't you? So it, I don't think you can ever get away from that completely. Um, I think the way that we, we, we've never done any sort of, um, I guess, holistic measurement of return on investment um, for, the, for the data science team. We the approach that we 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 did take uh, early days, and I, I know we, when we spoke earlier about this, we I, I alluded to it a bit, but um, we try we almost try to scale. I guess there's two ways you could go about like building out what you do. There's you can either scale what I'm calling horizontally, which is all about um, embedding your models and data science and, and analytics in as many places as possible, um, and that may come at the cost of like complexity sometimes you know and it might be that the way that you go about doing something is is more mvp than sort of polished uh, you know the best best approach possible 
or I guess you could pick a few specific areas that you're going to build out data science and really sort of build it vertically and go into loads and loads of detail and make sure that those models or whatever are the best they can be. Um, we took the former approach, so it was all about embedding what we were doing in the business, in all parts of the business and trying, trying to really get that out there. Um, and I guess then the benefit of doing that is there's not, it's kind of the, the, the collective effect of what you're doing as opposed to someone asking you what specifically is that piece of modeling worth. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, the, the more you talk to each UMDs and they all know about three or four pieces of work that your team is doing that's driving their, their, their strategy forward. Yep. You don't really necessarily need to quantify it, you know, and, yeah. and the more you talk about it, I guess, with people, the better. Um, so, yeah, we, we've never really done a, done a sort of ROI measurement. We've, all we've ever really tried to do is um, to communicate really well, to, to scale, as I say, sort of horizontally, um, and to try and keep to our commitments. You know, we, we used to, we used to regularly, regularly sort of say, here's what we've done this month, here's what we're going to do next month. And if we say we're going to do it, we do it. You know, and you you just build that build that confidence in, and that trust in your stakeholders. And I think, you know, fortunately, I mean, I, I know it'll probably be different in, in different industries where um, where maybe the, the sort of margins are tighter. You know, you, there's got to be more scrutiny on, on on spending the teams. But we're quite fortunate that we're in a in an industry where you know, it's, as long as we're directionally going in the right direction, there's a feel we're going in the right direction, then we're all right. Yeah. Now that's that, that's really interesting because I think it you know brings kind of brings us back to that whole piece uh, that's always talked about with you know the data strategy should always be aligned to the business strategy and it sounds like in your in your case you know providing the the people um, at the top of, of those individual PLs can see that the work you're doing is getting them closer to to that goal and that strategy they're, they're happy with that you know they don't need to know x y and z in terms of the the, the tangible numbers and yeah. kind of ties into i'm not sure if you if you heard it or not but we had uh, last week's episode was with kelvin lee who um runs the, the data science team for lloyd's banking group as part of their within their it function effectively yeah. and, and he, he quite openly said that he has a real problem with this whole roi thing because he kind of you know and, and he kind of coined it as it's almost like asking how much um, a masseuse is worth you know it's like you're going you're a footballer you've got a an injury you have a massage on it and they can't tell you how how much that worth uh, that work was worth in terms of a tangible result but what they can tell you is yeah it allowed me to to perform better or, or not effectively you know yeah, which is a, yeah. a really unique way of looking at it, which is you know exactly what you just said there really so that's yeah. um it boils back to that Again, that point about, like I said, we we have included data science team in this, but the whole be the whole BI missions about you know helping SPG make the right decisions. Yeah. How do you quantify making better decisions? Like it's quite across across the business. That's a very it's not something that you can really measure, is it? Mm. If you think about it, you know, there's probably proxies for it, but um, yeah, it's it's tricky. Yeah, that's I guess a different way of saying the same thing that Kelvin yeah. was saying. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so I guess to to tie all this together, then if there's you know people, uh, businesses, organisations, leaders from these businesses out there that are maybe you know 
at a more immature stage of their data science journey or they're about to enter that journey or they're thinking about doing it if you were to pinpoint what the, the key challenges that you faced were and kind of how you overcome them and what the benefits were what what are the what are the what's the kind of the meat of of, of the subject really in terms of surmising what we've just been speaking about um so i guess in, if i was to give advice to someone who were thinking about it for the, i guess for the first time um i think it's really important to to re, to properly understand what data science is because it is one of those it can be used as one of those buzzwords um yep. well two words i guess you know and people <laughs> people have different understandings of what what data science is so i think spending a little bit of time at a very high level understanding specifically what data science actually is and the benefits it can bring um and also what other people are doing in the data science space you know there's loads of loads of articles out there uh, loads of uh, blog posts and uh, that people have written about the innovative ways they're making use of data science so do that first like spend time educating yourself on it um I guess is then I'd recommend looking back over what your challenges and opportunities are specifically as a business and and knowing what you now know about data science. Do you really think that data science is going to be, be able to help with those challenges and opportunities? Um, because, you know, some people, as you as you said before, they'll just go, oh, we need a data science. Well, let's bring a data science team in without really knowing why they're doing that and what problems it's going to solve. Uh, I'd say the point around creating a multifunctional team and making sure that you don't kind of isolate skill sets and you make sure that if you do set a team up, you've got the constituent parts to, to be able to make it work. Um, and then I guess there's the there's focusing on how that how the work that you will do will actually integrate with the rest of your business and how you'll actually release value from that and what else needs to happen to enable the release of that value because just building some data science out in, in isolation is not going to release value and as we said before it's the it's the handoff it's the pass of the baton that's always the issue i always, i find you know yeah so really think about that and what else you need other than just a data science team it's not just about the data science team it's about the supporting functions it's about how that how that interplays with the rest of your business um and then i guess finally it'd just be like don't try and go play anything um be prepared to to pivot to work iteratively and to make changes if required you know fail fast basically um yeah. i think that that'd be that'd be my advice uh, right perfect yeah. well james it's been uh, an absolute yeah an absolute pleasure <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, it's been a been an absolute pleasure. Very informative, and um, look, we really appreciate you coming on, and um, you enjoy the weekend, and we'll speak to you soon. Lovely, thanks, Carl. Right. Nice speak to soon. You. See you later. Bye bye. That's it for this episode of Data Leaders of the North, the podcast. I hope you've enjoyed listening as much as I've enjoyed recording it. I'll be back next week speaking to another data leader from the North. Until then, make sure you follow Lawrence Harvey on social media to be the first to hear about the next episodes, and please. Share, like, comment and rate these podcasts so that more people in our industry get to hear them and benefit from them too. If you'd like to ask questions or pose topics for future podcasts, do get in touch with me. My details are in the podcast bio. Thanks for listening.